everyone out there in listening land. This is Melissa, your host of the Brag on God Bible Study Podcast. So this week, um, I'm going to start off with, I had a conversation with a client of mine this week and don't know how the story got to, how the call got to this section, but the gentleman started telling me how he knows God messed up, um, and if he had made this world, it would be so much better and it wouldn't be the way it is. And I really kind of got of low-key offended. I really do. Like, truth be told, being honest, I got offended. I was like, no. In my mind, I'm like, no, God didn't mess up. Of course, I wanted to sell, so I didn't like object too much, but I did share my thoughts. And this is what I shared with him. I told him, I said, you know what? When God created us, he gave us one of the greatest gifts. And I believe that to be freedom of choice. So there's a lot of things that God's created that don't have any choice. He gave us as humans freedom of choice. That means that we can choose to serve him or we can choose not to. And I gave him an example, just like as a parent to a child, we can overpower the children because they're smaller than us. We pay the bills, et cetera. And we can make them love, we can make them respect us and do what we say based on the fact that we have control that we supersede them. But do you want your child always coming to you saying, yes, mommy, yes, daddy, I love you, just because they want something from you, just because they know you're the source of all their existence, really? <laughs> no, honestly, it it wouldn't even mean anything to me if my kids came to me and said, oh, mom, I love you, but they were doing it out of fear or out of um, obligation. I want them to say, Ma, I love you because that's what's in their heart. I want them to have that choice. I want them to mean it. I want it to be genuine. So that's how I feel like my relationship with my children is the same as my relationship with God. But just like with God, it's so much magnified. It's like more than I can even comprehend. But anyway, so that was my thought for this week. Um... This week, we are going to get into, we're still in Genesis, so way in the beginning of the Bible, we are in chapter 2. So guys, if you turn to um, Genesis chapter 2, it's right after Genesis chapter 1. Let's get into it. I want to read from chapter 2, verse 4 to chapter 3, verse 19. And I might speed read because it's kind of like a little bit, a little bit lot. (laughs) Okay, so this is the story of Adam and Eve. So we're chapter 2, verse 4. Oh, Lord, I need my spectacles again. Hold on one second, guys. Okay, I really didn't need them, but I want to be able to see, so I did put them on. Okay, so verse 4, it says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Of course, I'm in the NIV, 
so we can all understand when the Lord God made the earth and heavens and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth and no plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no man to work the ground but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river. Okay, so I'm going to skip past this part about the river. Um, da -da 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 -da. Okay, so let's get to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. See, there you go, freedom of choice. But you must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, boundaries. For when you eat of the tree, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone and will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave the names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh then the lord god made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to him and the man said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman <laughs> for she was taken out of a man for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame okay um da -da -da -da. okay so we all know the story of the serpent tempting eve and she gave in and she ate whatever fruit it was don't know if it was an apple if we go way 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 back the word that they actually use and i don't have it here in front of me but it's a word that actually meant evil and so whether it was an apple a pomegranate whatever it was it was just some kind of fruit that she ate so i want to skip down to this is after after Adam ate the fruit, then it says, then the man and his, oh, I'm in verse eight, chapter three, verse eight, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit. So the story goes on. I'm not going to read the entire story, but it's, I always say, get into it, read it for yourself. Um, so as the story goes on, basically Adam and Eve received some punishment, some correction for not listening, right? So... 
Okay, I can take off my spectacles. <laughs> okay, so we all know the story. If you don't know it, turn to chapter to, to Genesis and read it. So what I thought, I definitely don't think God messed up. One of the first thoughts that came to me, well, not necessarily first, but as I was thinking and kind of meditating over this, I think maybe God was still fine tuning his creation. Remember in chapter one, remember as God was creating the earth, remember on day number, on day number four, he created the sun, the moon and the stars. Well, that was to me a fine tuning of day number one when he created the light, right? So, and then again, on day number six, God created the animals and he created man. And I think day number six was really a fine tuning of creating, because on day number five, he created a fish and the birds. Remember, we said God could have been straight with just an aquarium and an aviary. But he decided on day number six to go back and create some animals and create man in his image. So I think on both those days, days number four and day number six, God was still fine tuning his creation. So now as we look how God made man, I want to go back to, I really feel like God was still fine tuning. If you go back and look, um, well, I don't think there was, well, okay, hold on one second. Let me, let me get back to it. Because I think there was something here. Uh, Lord. Okay. So in chapter 2, this is verse 4. We're going to skip past to the second sentence. It says, When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. So that tells me that it was still kind of like the world was in beta phase. It was still, okay, we've got some things that we planned for, but they're not here yet. We haven't fulfilled the full vision. So it was still being created, right? Um, so I think God was still fine tuning his creation. That's number one. Number two, I feel like maybe the relation maybe the relationship with Adam and Eve and God hadn't really formed and hadn't gotten to its full maturity and respect. And when I say that, I look at chapter 3, verse 11. Let's go back to that. Um, and I'm going to prove to you guys that I don't really need my glasses. <laughs> Okay, so chapter 3, verse 11 through 12, it says, And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? So I underlined commanded. Now, yeah, God can tell us. He can command us. He can do whatever he wants to us. Um, but I feel like when there is a relationship, you don't have to command. You don't have, command is kind of forceful. When there's a relationship and there's respect in that relationship, 
it's a smoother process. It's not giving commands and orders. It's more, I want to serve you. Like a husband and wife. A husband doesn't have to command his wife because once that relationship grows and develops and that respect is there, she wants to serve him. She wants to please him. So when God says, I commanded you not to eat, I feel like the relationship wasn't really had reached full fruition where it was supposed to be. And then the man said, the woman you put here with me, and I underlined you. That sounds like Adam was blaming God a little bit, low-key blame, the woman you put here. So I feel like that relationship wasn't really to the point of total respect at this point. And it kind of reminds me of like when we have children, you know, in their young ages, they're a little feisty. But as those critters grow up and realize that we've invested and raised them, let them hit adulthood. They have a whole different, and let them start paying their own bills. They have a whole different respect for us as parents. So I think that's where in the beginning, I think the relationship wasn't quite yet formed, right? Then the other thing I was thinking was for people who want to blame God, I would ask before you um, blame someone else, like it's, the Bible says before you point at the speck or take the speck out of someone else's eye, look at the plank in your own eye or something like that. We didn't get to that part yet, so don't expect me to be quoting verse for verse. Um, but before we want to blame God, what's our role? Now, one of the things that I noticed that was important to me was God created Adam and Eve as adults. I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible that I know of that, well, there probably is. I think like Melchizedek came out as like a full-grown old man or something, but (sighs) I'm going to stay on what I know. Let's go back to Adam and Eve because that's where we are. Um, So God God created Adam and Eve as adults. Now, he could have easy well created them as babies. He could have nurtured them himself. He could have allowed them to grow and build that respect. But for some reason, he created them as adults. Now, when I think of adults, I think of adults have a certain level of comprehension already a certain level of maturity um so maybe god did expect them to be able to make that choice of right from wrong he expected them to be able to utilize the gift of choice that he had given them because children can't they can't make rational decisions That's why we're there to guide them, at least for the first 18, 25 plus years. (laughs) So I want to ask, what was our role, Adam and Eve, and what's our role as adults? We have a certain obligation. A lot of times we look at this world and say, oh, my gosh, you know, where is God? Well, what have we done? And even though, yeah, this world is corrupt and it's got its things going on, but all of us can and are responsible on some level to make some choices 
and positive choices. And those positive choices, I believe, have a chain effect or a domino effect. But how many of us either stay quiet or don't utilize our gift of choice or just say, oh, that's not my issue. Like I remember when I was a kid, like the whole neighborhood could like discipline you, reprimand you. I'm going to tell your mama, you wait till your daddy gets home. (laughs) Now you can't speak to kids like that. You know, so I, I, there's something missing where we don't utilize our positive choices and actions and the power that we have as adults. So I really think that this world was kind of like when God was creating it, it was still a beta world. He was, God was up there with a megaphone, testing, testing, one, two, three, Adam, testing, testing. Eve was off with the serpent. She was messing up, but he was testing with Adam and Adam was like, you, God, the woman you gave me. And Adam, God was like, I need to reprogram this dude quick, fast, and in a hurry because he cutting up right now. He got attitude. He got his butt on his shoulder. I need to fix him. So <laughs> I think that's what happened. So I think that's how, how the world got set on this course is we have freedom of choice. When we make not the greatest choices, there are consequences. And it'd be good if we all own that, because I think if we made the choice to do right to, and not that we're going to be perfect, but sometimes it's owning our issues, you know? And even in this verse, Adam says, the woman you put here with me, she gave me the fruit. And then at the end, he says, and I ate. So Adam blames God, he blames Eve, and he's the he, the last person that he gives any accountability to was himself. Now, how much can we learn from that? How much do we blame others and we're the last one that we will actually take our own accountability? So um that's kind of like my bible study in a nutshell and i don't want to make this too long but as i kind of thought and reminisced over this my thought for the week was not everyone is ready for the knowledge when you're ready to share and if we look back let me see where that was um Okay, so if we go back to chapter 2, verse 8, and this is without my spectacles, (laughs) y'all. It says, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, and the tree of of and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so i think god has everything like in right here it tells us that everything we needed god had it ready and available for us everything and he said these things were pleasing to the sight they were good for nutrition they were good for food 
everything he had ready and available for us. But for some reason, we weren't ready for it, right? So I think there's levels of maturity. So I was thinking, how many things, how much knowledge in in our everyday today life do we want to know how to do everything? Like, I want to know how to get rich. I want to know how to be the perfect mate. I want to know how to X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. And even more, sometimes we see other people with riches, with happy marriages, with nice homes, and we want all of that. But maybe we're not ready for it. Maybe there's a process to go through. So... I've learned in life that sometimes you can share too much with people. And sometimes people just seeing blessings on social media, in our neighborhood, we see people doing good and we don't really know, you know, what they've gone through. We, we haven't walked in their shoes. So people know their own struggles and they'll feel like, oh, look at all this that I'm going through. Why can't I get the blessings that Mr. Jones has next door? And just because Mr. Jones doesn't always verbalize his his struggles that he's gone through doesn't mean he hasn't gone through anything. And sometimes people think that Mr. Jones's blessings came easy. No, they probably didn't. He just like all of us have gone through some struggles, but we each have our own path that we have to go through. So sometimes the neighbor doesn't know those trials and tribulations that Mr. Jones has. Okay, now don't get me wrong. We all go through them, right? But the key is, number one, when Mr. Jones was going through those trials and tribulations, how did he correct his his thoughts, and his behaviors. So whatever Mr. Jones was doing as he was learning and going through the process, he had to self somehow, whether self-correct, he had to make a choice, honestly. He had to make a choice to do something different. So how did he correct his thoughts, his actions, his words to ultimately get himself out of that valley and get himself to those blessings, right? And number two, I would say, who did Mr. Jones turn to for guidance? Did he turn to the money he had in his bank account to bring him happiness? Did he turn to pornography to bring him happiness when he couldn't find that wife or mate? Did he turn to greed and became like sinister and like conniving at work? Did he turn to buying a bunch of material things to satisfy, give him temporary happiness? Or did he turn to God? So a lot of times we see, the we we don't always see the trials and tribulations because a lot of times we as people, we may not talk about all the struggles that we're going through. Nobody knows how many times I've cried in my bedroom. And we all have gone through that. 
but nobody knows the path that I've gone through. They can only hear the little bit that I tell them, but they also may not know what I have done or Mr. Jones has done or the next person has done to help pull themselves out of it. And I think the biggest thing is realizing that we can't pull ourselves out by ourselves. Like we have to learn, turn to God, honor God, you know, have that respect, build that relationship, gain that maturity, make those right choices. Okay. Now, um, one of the things that I also realized is that God has everything that we want and need right there for us. So again, if we look at um, chapter two, verse eight, God put the, the, the plant, like this was the ultimate tree, the tree of knowledge. He put it right there at our fingertips, right? But we weren't ready to handle that blessing. Adam and Eve and me, <laughs> that's, I, th- I think that's what I'm going to tie to this episode, Adam and Eve and me, because I was right in that garden with them. Y'all don't know? Yeah, we were. Y- y'all was there too. Okay, so we're not always ready to handle the blessings that God has right there for us, right? Sometimes because we're still dealing with that greed, that jealous, that envy, envy. And I can say for all of you all who are parents, you can probably remember your kid asking for the keys to the car. And what was our first answer to our kids? We probably said, hell to the nah, to the nah, nah, nah. So, (laughs) because why? They weren't ready, right? And so when God doesn't give us something that we want immediately, maybe we're just not ready. Maybe it's okay if Mr. Jones gets it. You know what that tells me? God is still in control. God is still in the blessing business. Let me get my little arse right so I can be next in line. And the thing is, we can't be on our schedule. It's when God feels like we're ready. Because what if I did give my kid the keys to the car? What would they do? Crash it up. Look at Adam and Eve. They went and accessed something they weren't ready for. Not that God didn't want us to have knowledge. We weren't ready for it. And then what did Adam and Eve and me, I was in there too, somewhere. I don't know who I was, but I was in there. I was probably right there with Eve talking about, yeah, girl, go ahead. Bite it, bite it. I was probably rooting her on. Anyway, so I know I was in there. I was in there. He made us in his image. I was in there. This, hey, they talking about me from the beginning of the Bible. So, um, I guess after looking at the whole story of Adam and Eve, and just to kind of wrap it up, I think God had an intention for us. He was in the process of creating and fine-tuning every good thing for us. He was building the relationship with us, but of course, we also had a part to play 
we have to own our responsibility. It is still, we do have a responsibility to build that relationship with God. A relationship is never a one-sided thing. If I'm always giving to my kid and they don't ever invest any time or anything in me, then it's a one-sided relationship. It's going to quickly wither. So we have a relationship. We have a responsibility to uphold our part of the relationship with God. And when we don't or when we rush things, we end up jumping into something that we're not ready for. And what happened? In the story of Adam and Eve, they jumped ahead, something they weren't ready for, and then basically they were grounded. You know, they they here came the consequences of getting those keys to the car too early. So sometimes, guys, don't rush trying to get your blessings. Don't hate on somebody else because they got theirs. Just know that as we gain maturity, as we build our relationship with God and trust and know that he has all good things for us coming in due season. So I think, guys, that's all I really had to say about this whole section. So this is my Adam and Eve and me wrap up. And I think I covered everything that I that I that I wanted to. So hopefully you guys got something out of it. As I always say, grab your Bible, dust off the dust, open it up, read it, give it some time to um, marinate in your spirit and, you know, see what God has to share with you. But anyway, peace out, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Make some good choices and spread some love and light in this world. Peace.